Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Hi, this is Bill Peacock, and welcome to episode 75 of the Liberty Cafe. I'm really glad that you're here with me today to listen to what I've got to say and to listen to that in the context of what we are doing at Texas Scorecard. Texas Scorecard is a sponsor for the Liberty Cafe. I'm glad to be part of that team, and they are doing great things. The young men and women and Michael Quinn Sullivan and the whole group of them. So I really encourage you to go over to the website, texasscorecard.com, and check in, listen in, watch, and then take part in what they're doing to bring liberty to Texas. Today I want us to talk a little bit about our fallen world. It doesn't take a lot of looking around to to see that the fact that we live in a fallen world is true. My wife used to be the administrative assistant at our church many years ago, and occasionally she would go talk to the, the pastor sometimes just about things that were going on in her life or just life generally. And the pastor would sometimes say, I know you don't want to hear this, but this is all because we've been a fallen world. And it's true. I mean, sometimes we need more than just a reminder of that. We need we need the word of the gospel. We need words of comfort. But it helps to be reminded that we do live in a fallen world. Because if we don't understand that we live in a fallen world, then we're not going to understand the way out of it. If, if we think we can just fix this world on our own without the intervention of God through Jesus Christ, who has, by the way, intervened and sent his son to die on the cross for us, if we don't understand that, then we have no hope in this world. So I want us to look at some of the fallenness of this and then look and try to understand why we're being so stubborn about turning to God to fix things, because too often it seems like we want to fix things ourselves. Of course, that's the, the short answer to that is we're fallen ourselves, and sometimes it's hard to acknowledge that we need God to take us through this path, both personally into salvation, but also for the whole world into the new creation, new heavens. So let me just start with a comment about Douglas Wilson. Douglas Wilson is one of my favorite pastors, but not just pastors, commentators on the world and what's going on out. And if you, you haven't don't know about him, I suggest you go find, track him down. Douglas Wilson, I think it's DougWills.com is his blog site. Blog and McBlog is the name of his blog. Well worth passing and, and taking a look at. Some Many times he has mentioned that for a long time now, Christians have been, the world has been living on borrowed Christian capital. You know, for a long time, we had a world that had fallen under the terms of Christendom. And while not everybody was Christian, yet the culture itself was. And so the, the ideas of the gospel and the counsel of God filled and populated this world. And so we lived as if we were in a Christian world and Christian society in a world that had been created and sustained by God. And that was great. Lots of problems, death and wars and those kind of things. But at least we had that common culture and it and it showed up in day-to-day living. But that hasn't been the case, really, that started to fall apart in the 16, 15, 1600s when the Enlightenment came along, when people started to think that we were coming out of these dark ages into the light of the Enlightenment. Of course, the opposite of true. The, the dark ages were full of good gospel preaching and teaching, although a lot of that was marred by the Catholic Church. But then the Reformation came in and recaptured the truth of the gospel and the truth of God's word. 
but the world didn't want to hear it and moved into the Enlightenment. And then by the time we get to the 1800s or so, there's a wholesale, beginning to be a wholesale rejection of that. And now we come to today where the, the ideas and concepts of Christendom, of the truths of the Bible, are totally ignored or forgotten or opposed some violence and vehemence. And so we're living in a world that no longer grasps the concept of God as a creator and God as the maker of man. And is you know, a perfect example of that is uh, what happened in the news recently. Just uh, I think it was just last week, the, the four def- defendants that were being tried for the kidnapping of Governor Gret- Gretchen Whitmer up in uh, Michigan, uh, none of them were found guilty of that. Two of them were totally acquitted, and the others were deadlocked. The trials for the two others were deadlocked. And so after, this is the biggest government, Justice Department investigation in domestic terrorism in a long, long time. And they put all their resources to work, and they failed to get a single conviction. Why is that? Well, because the whole thing was fake. The whole thing was made up because they decided and that they wanted to highlight the the problems, hi- highlight right-wing conservatism, right-wing terrorism, whatever you want to call it, that we right-wingers are all, conservatives are all supposedly guilty of. And it just so happened that they did it just in time to um, get out in front of the 2020 election when Donald Trump was running for re-election. And there was apparently some... Um, urgency to arrest these people because it was going to happen, this this so-called kidnapping was going to happen before the election. Of course, that wasn't ever the case, and in fact, it wasn't the case at all that these people had it in their hearts to kidnap Governor Whitmer, because what happened was the FBI decided they wanted to concoct this thing, and then they got a bunch of nuts who to be informants, and then they concocted this whole thing and pulled enough people in to make it look like a conspiracy so they could go after Donald Trump and conservatives in general. So, you know, the, the good news is, is that some of this stuff has been exposed. Now, of course, the exposure to the coups, attempted coups by whether it's the FBI or the Justice Department or the CIA or whoever it might be, those, those have been completely exposed in the case of the, the Russiagate and the attempts to con- to convince people that Trump was a Russian stooge and under the influence of Putin and so that he was and he had sold us out to to Russia. Right? So we've we've all seen that. But of course, more of that is going on today in this world and just more examples of what's wrong with this world. So for instance, we have the January 6th event in Washington DC where some people did some bad things. As far as I could tell, there was no physical violence from one person against another, except, of course, in the case when a Capitol policeman shot an unarmed woman in the Capitol who was not threatening anybody. That was the only violence committed against a person. It was the government against a person. These other people broke into the Capitol in some ways, but in another case, in most cases, most people didn't break into the Capitol who went in. They just walked in the doors past policemen and very excited the other day that the, the first case went to trial And the person on trial was found innocent because the policeman let him in the door, right? Just let him walk through. Didn't say anything. How could this person know that he had done anything wrong? And the judge said that and let him go. I think we're going to see a lot more of these either uh, acquittals or just the government's going to start pulling down a bunch of these cases because of that. We'll see how that goes. 
So in, in the midst of all this corruption, we continue to see some good news in there. Of course, we can kind of turn from this government-focused thing into looking at science. It all mixes together. But for instance, we, we just see how much science has fallen apart these days and started to do the same thing, which is really denying God and who he is as the creator. The perfect example of that, or there's several of them. First of all, homosexuality is a great example of that because if God didn't create man and woman, then he couldn't have created marriage, and therefore it's okay for a man to marry a man or a woman to marry a woman. So at the bottom of homosexuality is the denial of God as the creator, man versus man and woman he created up. You know, and, and that was crazy enough when that all started to come forward in the late 70s and 80s. But now, of course, they've taken it a step farther. And then and of talking about that men can be women and women can be men. And the really sad thing about that is, is that science is agreeing with that, right? What a You can't go after God any more closely than this, directly than this, by saying not only we're denying marriage— man and woman, but we're just denying that you created us at all, man and woman. And we're going to prove it to you by saying there's no such thing as a man or a woman biologically. It's just how we feel. And all the major medical groups and associations are are on board with this. There's this really, I guess, deranged uh, website. Maybe deranged isn't the best word for it, but it's called sciencebasedmedicine.org. And basically what they claim is that the data, so this is different than evidence-based medicine, because if we look at the evidence, we would see all kinds of things like, well, a man can't be a woman and a woman can't be a man. We could see all the problems with COVID-19, uh, the whole the whole stratosphere behind COVID-19, including the vaccines and, and how it spreads and masks and all those kinds of things. But, but these people at science-based medicine say, well, the, the facts don't matter so much as what we know about things before we see the facts. Now, I, I get that there's some validity to that at one level. If you're coming in from a situation, for instance, that we know God created the heavens and earth and did it in certain ways, then we can look at a situation and say, now, whatever the facts you're saying the facts are, I know that's not true, so let's go look at the facts a little more closely. But in this case, they just bend and twist what they want to say is true, and then they look at the facts and say, oh, everybody ought to get a COVID shot. Despite the fact that a lot of people get COVID shots, it's not really a vaccine because it doesn't keep you from getting anything. But despite the fact that folks who get the COVID shot have some very serious problem with it, but they totally ignore that whole case. So, you know, I've been looking at this at a big national level so far, but we don't have to go to Washington, D.C. or Michigan here in Texas to see a lot of problems and the fallenness of our world. You know, a perfect example of that is our governor, Greg Abbott. And it's really not the governor himself. It's the fact that you know, was it 70 percent, 70 plus percent of the people who voted in the Republican primary recently voted to reelect him, despite what he's been doing for the last eight years as governor of the state of Texas. You know, and, and so the, Abbott's a problem. He's doing a lot of wrong things. But the fact that Texans are voting to elect him, Republicans are voting to elect him in such great numbers just shows us that the problem is not just in our officials, but in our hearts as well. You know, the perfect example with Abbott is this recent 
announcement he makes, which sounds really great. He goes out and says, we're going to rent buses and we're going to send all these illegal aliens up to Washington, D.C. And all the conservative press are fawning over him. Well, in, until we all find out that, well, he, he's not going to really put them on a bus and send them up there because he can't, because they're here legally, if you will, under what the federal government says. So he says, well, I'm going to send them up there, you know, if they want to go. And apparently if the federal government says they can come because they have to have the, the right documents or whatever from the federal government. And so how much do you think this is going to work? It's not. It's a farce, just like most things that Governor Abbott has done during his eight years in office. Now, sometimes he's been pressured to do the right thing, but it's not because he really wanted to do it, whether it was Alan West or Don Huffines putting pressure on him or other uh, members of the legislature or maybe uh, Ken Paxton, attorney general. Sometimes he's done the right thing, but it's almost always been when he's pressured and when it's made him look bad. So who came up with this bus idea? I have no idea, but he's got a lot of high-paid consultants that failed him on this thing. And then we also have it here in Texas, the situation where a lot of people are, cities are giving millions, the state of Texas are giving millions of dollars to businesses to come here and Put their businesses here in Texas, despite the fact that these businesses are totally opposed to what we or a lot of conservatives want to do in Texas. For instance, we had all these national corporations, many of which, maybe most of which, do business right here in Texas, recently signed a letter supporting mutilation experiments on Texas miners, right? So we all know the, the deal here is that these kids who are being raised by some really sinful parents, for the most part, who are struggling with their sexual identity, if you will. Instead of their parents counseling them and helping them see the problems with this, the parents are actually encouraging this, and in some cases want to have them undergo transgender therapy, hormone therapy, to, to, to get rid of their maleness or maleness and go to the other uh, sex, right? This is wrong on so many levels. Um, but we give millions of dollars to these corporations, and then along with that, Greg Abbott refused to help push through a uh, bill that would have stopped this kind of thing going on in Texas. The Texas House, under Dade Phelan, did the same thing. And we have more and more of this going on in the state of Texas. So so what's the, what's the response here? What, what do we as Texans do, Christians or conservatives, hopefully you're Christian and conservative, but if you're not, we need to look at this anyway and deal with what's going forward. Right? So how are we supposed to deal with this? Well, it really starts with the church. The church has to take steps to fix this problem, and there's no other way around it. You know, I've been so frustrated with my denomination and evangelicals generally over the last four or five years as I've seen just the wokeness take over the church. A leading uh, proponent of this wokeness inside the, the evangelical church is a guy named David French. You may not have heard of him, but he's pretty popular with the left, center-left part of the Republican Party these days. And, you know, recently he came out with— uh, he came out attacking conservatives who were talking about grooming you know, going on in Florida public schools when they're teaching, you know, eight-year-olds and seven-year-olds about transgenderism and homosexuality, sex generally. And he attacked them basically because a lot of these people also supported Trump. I mean, it's, it's amazing how Donald Trump got in the heads of some of these people and have just turned their, their senses completely upside down. Now, it, it's not really about Trump at one level, 
Because, you know, like David French, you know, he was long gone before Trump came around. You know, if you don't know him, he had worked for John McCain, right, who was no conservative Christian uh, politician at all, right? And, and so, and also, like my denomination and the Southern, even the Southern Baptist Church had started to go woke long before that. My own denomination, you know, like on the age of the earth, on racial reconciliation, on egalitarianism. I mean, this was going on in 20 years ago and moving forward. And so it's not really about anti-Trump. It's about the church giving into the way. And, and I, I guess the worst part about this in some ways is that, so you have all these people talking about social justice. And, and again, this isn't just the left wing that is talking about this. is Christian conservatives, so to speak, talking about this stuff. But they they promoting social justice, Black Lives Matters and those kinds of Yet at the same time, they don't really care about justice. They, they ignore what are unbiblical runaway government is doing today to people, whether it's false charges in January 6th or up in Michigan, whether it's the unconstitutional denial of bail and speedy trials. I mean, some of those January 6th folks have been in jail since January 6th, and they're not going anywhere, and they might still be in jail come 2023, 2024, because the courts are und- unconstitutionally denying them bail and nobody's doing a thing about it. And the church is not doing about it as well. They seem not to care about that. Uh, whether it's, you know, attempts for government bureaucrats and employees to overthrow our duly elected government. The church doesn't see, a lot of the church doesn't seem to care about that. Uh, welfare and regulations that have doomed two generations of poor blacks and more recently Hispanics to lives of poverty. They, 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 matter of fact, they embrace those things. We think we ought to do more regulations and more welfare. But those are the problems. They're not the solution. So why do they ignore all this? Well, they're blind in their eyes and in their heart. But it also seems to be this, this thing so they, they can repent of their whiteness and say they voted for the first black president of the United States and be friends with people in power. I mean, it, it just seems as simple as that, too. But of course, this is not just taking place in the church. It's taking place in conservative culture as well. You know, National Review, while still there's some some good writers there, they went off the deep end on this quite a while back. I remember when I was still subscribing to the publication, print publication, maybe 15, 20 years ago, they started, they even ran some anti-Christian screeds in there. Uh, and then, of course, the Heritage Foundation, not everybody knows this, but the Heritage Foundation was the uh, organization that came up with the Ob- Obamacare individual mandate, right? It was the Romney care individual mandate first, but Obama took it and put it into uh, federal law with the help of Congress. And even in Texas, we see this in several organizations and then in the in the Texas legislature here in Texas where conservatism, Christian conservatism is just kind of going out the door and we have this support for crony corporations and crony governance. And it's just, so I don't mean to depress you about all this. There is a path out of this. But it's the only path out, and we need to remember that. It's that we need to repent of our sins. We need to share the gospel with unbelievers and then teach the whole counsel of God to Texans and Americans, which means we have to dive deep into God's word and understand what it's really telling us about not just personal salvation, but about the scope of government. How much government is right for the civil government? How much should what it's doing today be left to the family, to the church, to individual charity, those types of things? What does government tell us about economics? It tells an awful lot. You know, Gary North wrote an entire commentary on the Bible, and then several volumes that came out of his commentaries. It took him 30 plus years to do that. 
we need to have more people like Gary North diving into the Bible or using his work to bring the whole council to the public policy debate. Talk about it in public. Talk about what Jesus tells us, what God has told us in the Old and New Testament. Inform the public policy debate. That's our only hope. Our only hope, really, is God and Jesus Christ and the salvation we have in him. But beyond that, it's what he has to tell us about how he is redeeming this world and how we are to play a part. Well, thank you very much for joining us on episode 75 of the Liberty Cafe. I'm glad you were here to visit with us about this and keep listening in and go over and check out the folks at Texas Scorecard. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.